Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Jack of All AI's Perspective, a podcast series on artificial intelligence, machine learning, deep learning, all of the acronyms that we love to listen to. So with me today for my first episode of 2021, oh, what a year was 2020, huh? I have Esteban Rubens. Esteban, how are you? I'm good, Jack. Thanks for having me. And where are you dialing in from today? I actually don't know where you're from. I'm in New Hampshire on the east coast of the U.S., so I'm about an hour north of Boston um, oh, on the Atlantic, wow. so just across uh, the pond from you. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, I could probably see you from my house if I get up high enough, right? Absolutely. <laughs> fantastic. We'll try a high five later. Uh, so what is it you do at NetApp? I'm the healthcare AI principal, so basically part of the healthcare team, and I take care of our AI initiatives. Oh, fantastic. So I, I work with Philippe uh, Wackers very closely. So, so AI and healthcare, what is the main, what, what would you say is the main benefit that uh, healthcare can see from AI? The main benefit is really when you think about it as augmented intelligence, right? It, it's a word, I get it, but we like to think about it as giving healthcare providers in general doctors, nurses, everybody who works in healthcare superpowers because everybody is stretched too thin, not to mention obviously during the pandemic, there's no time, There's there are too many demands. And so there's this epidemic, sorry to use that word, but there's there's been an epidemic of burnout, uh, which is really has been aggravated during the pandemic. People are even leaving the profession. Uh, I know in the UK, the NHS is under tremendous stress uh, because of that, right? Oh, absolutely. The the NHS is under huge pressure, and obviously, you know, like you say, with the epidemic of of coronavirus, it's um, it's quite tough. And I I can totally understand where the where the burnout is coming from because they'll see, you know it's not like they're 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 dropping in numbers because they're they're falling ill, um, and then you know it's reliant on people that were already worked a sixteen hour shift. They've got to do another one the next day because such and such isn't in and. Man, I, I mean, it, it, is, it is incredible. At the moment, we've got about 30,000 people in hospital beds. Uh, a good portion of those are on ventilators, of course. So, you know, I, I see certainly, as you say, superpowers, right? I really like that term. It's not so much as we're saying, right, let's use CRISPR and do some gene editing. Um, it's more around, uh, of course, augmenting that, uh, that, that patient pathway in the way of um, diagnosis as well as treatment, right? So, uh, yeah, a lot else. I mean, so there, there's there's diagnosis, there's detection before the diagnosis, and there's a lot of administrative stuff that that is really helped by AI. If you think about RPA, robotic process automation, mm -hmm. that really it benefits like all these repetitive tasks that are boring for humans and therefore prone to error. Those can be automated using RPA. There are actually companies that are focusing on RPA and healthcare specifically. That's all they do because it's such a big market. So they talk about software that's a robotic worker, right? Uh, you have claims processing, you know, even in different kinds of healthcare systems, you take the US versus uh, the UK or, uh, you know, different parts of Asia, there's always some notion of billing that you have to do. It may not be as insane as, as what we have in the US, but those are the things that are not really great for, for people to do. So best to have machines. So what I'm 
tried to say is it's not just the medical stuff, right? It's it's mm -hmm. everything that's around it. And so there's really, we've just started scratching at this, you know, scratching at the surface is a very, very thin layer of, of what can be done. And so it's it's got a bit of a snowball effect where when people see how well it works, they say, oh, why don't we do this or that? And so the fact that it's under the AI umbrella is, mm -hmm. A bit of a misnomer because sometimes there's a bit of backlash regarding that it, it's really it's data science that's powered by gpu compute and very fast storage and so how you know whether you have neural networks or not is is you know not that important yeah absolutely and i think probably the ai backlash is around jobs right and uh, I, I i always say very much like you say it's about empowering people empowering radiology, cardiology, all theologies, right? Um, to, to improve their, their working lives because, you know, kids these days, they're not going to school. I say this so much. Kids these days are not going to college or university to learn how to uh, infer from uh, cancer scans, right? What, what a tumor or what malignancy or what milk uh, or calcium deposits rather look like. Um, you know, they're, they're going to look at how to play Fortnite or whatever, right? So uh, it, it, it's, a, it's a dying industry, it's a dying trade in some respects, but um, in terms of the number of people that are going through that process to become medically trained. Um, so it, it's very important now to jump on that. But med medical imaging aside, because, you know, I've been in AI for six years now, and medical imaging has, has been right right through that. Um, you mentioned about some of the administrative tasks about robotic processing and automation, but then also I heard you say the word detection. Talk to me about that. Yeah, so there's a lot of uh, AI that's being used in population health, which is really fascinating because it's about preventing people from getting ill instead of trying right. to treat them once they do. So we have massive amounts of data uh, all over the world, uh, especially in, in the, the sort of wealthier nations, there's EHR, right? There's different kinds of EHR. So there are these big data lakes, repositories that have everything related to a patient, uh, labs, images, uh, social determinants of health, like historical stuff. Uh, there's really a wealth of information that is not being used for anything. So I'll give an example. Uh, there are people, not just in the US, but especially in places like Europe and Asia, where you have these vertically integrated systems, where you have the payer and the provider are the same institution, so they can share more data. Uh, I actually know of a case in Taiwan that's fascinating because there's a central repository for all healthcare data in the country that, uh, yeah, it's interesting. So what, what they're trying to do is they take they, they're trying to do fusion, data fusion. So they take, of course, imaging, but then they take healthcare, I mean, they, they take data from the EHR and they take insurance data and they're trying to get very early signs of things like heart disease or diabetes. So, And this is all through the wearables, IoT, even from a smartphone to a uh, Fitbit. Uh, everything thanks google for buying those guys whether that's going to go through or not we don't know uh it's interesting that it's completed before the uh before it's been fully looked into right from a competition's perspective um but i mean that's all unfortunately that's all we have time for today but what i'd love to dive on to in terms of subject with you in the future is the role of robotic process automation um within the healthcare sphere from an administrative point of view 
um, because I think that's incredibly important for us to start understanding in a bit more detail. But Esteban, thank you so much for coming on today. Um, really appreciate it. I know it's a short time, um, but we'll definitely be talking in the future, and I certainly look forward to that. Wonderful. Thank you very much.